What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Randy Edelman, that was the other, it was Trevor Jones and Randy Edelman were the, the main composers of The Last of the Mohicans. Good old Google, see? Oh my God, I'm such a Luddite. I'm literally still going to the library in my head when I need to know something instead of just Googling yeah, it. Yeah, but that's cool. I don't think it is. I think it's like total granny boomer time. Mm, maybe <laughs> it's both. I just I think it's filed under horseradish. <laughs> I wonder if any of your listeners thought you just ran to the library just now. I don't, I'll be one minute. Hang on, where's my library card? <laughs> we edited it out. I was actually <laughs> sitting here for 45 minutes. Justin, take a nap. I'll be right back. <laughs> Hello, I'm Minnie Driver, and welcome to Mini Questions. I've always loved Proust's questionnaire. It was originally an 18th century parlor game meant to reveal an individual's true nature. But with so many questions, there wasn't really an opportunity to expand on anything. So I took the format of Proust's questionnaire and adapted what I think are seven of the most important questions you could ever ask someone. They are, when and where were you happiest? What is the quality you like least about yourself? What relationship, real or fictionalized, defines love for you? What question would you most like answered? What person, place, or experience has shaped you the most? 
what would be your last meal? And can you tell me something in your life that has grown out of a personal disaster? The more people we ask, the more we begin to see what makes us similar and what makes us individual. I've gathered a group of really remarkable people who I'm honored and humbled to have had a chance to engage with. My guest today is the actor and podcaster, Justin Long. We've known each other a long time, but the reality that we have remained utter nerds about acting and movies has not really changed in all that time. Justin asks brilliant questions because I think he is a deeply curious human being and has the kind of intellectual acuity that's put to great use as an actor, but is probably wasted on it also. I went on his podcast, Life is Short with Justin Long, and we talked for a really long time and it was incredibly entertaining, but it also made me think about a lot of things for a very long time afterwards. The episode is out on July the 20th. And then when he came on my podcast, this podcast, he was equally as generous and considered and hilarious. Okay, Lavi, I'm going to start asking you questions. So you better just get ready. I'm ready. I haven't looked at them. That could be a disclaimer in case I'm stumbling too much. (laughs) No, don't worry about that. She stumbled through it. It's going to be on my headstone. (laughs) That's a good question, actually. (laughs) Okay, well, so now I have to ask you that. What would be written on your tombstone? Well, well, you know, actually, this comes up a lot on the podcast I do, um, and it's always life is short with Justin Long. Oh, thank you, man. Yes, <laughs> I, um, I should have done that. That's a professional podcaster. I should have. It's only been two years. I don't know how to plug my own shit. It would come up at the end because I would say, "What type of legacy do you want to leave behind? What do you hope people?" remember, but it would come on the heels of this like lightning round, their uniform questions. And it always threw the guest and not necessarily in a good way when you go through the, you know, what's your favorite movie and uh, your favorite fruits and all this stuff. And then it would get to this kind of nebulous question about being remembered. And I love it. It's like, what's your favorite snack? What's your favorite movie? And now I want you to contemplate Death. Yeah, your existence. <laughs> your yes, mortality. Yes. I know. It was always like, oh. <laughs> People were pretty game about it, but it was like, I could see it throwing, really throwing them. I mean, obviously. I saw something written on a tombstone that I then went and found where it came from because it was so beautiful and I knew it must have been part of something else. And it's the last lines of this poem to be held by a woman called Linda Hogan. And on the tombstone, it said, waiting for the healing after the storm which has been our life. Wow. Oh my God, how much that says and how much is left to the imagination about that life. Wow. It's the most beautiful poem. Stan Laurel's is, and I'm probably going to bastardize it, but it says something like, he brought joy to the world that he loved so much. Oh, it's so sweet. There's one in Key West. It just says, I told you I was sick. (laughs) And I think about that one often because (laughs) it leaves behind... I mean, it is the highest degree of permanence I can imagine. And that for centuries, people who see that will just assume that whoever's under that rock was cheeky and had a good sense of humor. You know, I I like that. Where and when were you happiest? You know what? Honestly, I had a moment recently, about a month ago in Arkansas, I was taking a drive with a friend and we were kind of following signs. We kept finding all these really interesting or funny, bizarre signs, uh, literal signs on the side of the road, uh, above a storefront, graffitied somewhere. I just felt very connected to this person and I felt very 
free and safe. And we, we had been laughing so much. And it was our day off. And we were shooting this thing. And it was it, we had a day off. And the sky, it was just beautiful. And I was thinking about my grandma who passed away recently a lot. And she had given me a sign that she was okay and had passed. And so I think that it was that day. It was May 4th. I, I, that might not be interesting, but it was it was profound to me. No, 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 no. Of course it is. I mean, we talked a little bit about this when I did your podcast, but the looking for signs, we seek out those people who have gone because our sweet little human brains so desperately need to physicalize them because we're still here in this reality. Mm. But I'm a big believer in signs. I thought at first you might mean you were following road signs, but then the signs actually turned into signs. No, not, not. In fact, we were lost. We had gotten <laughs> lost and, and we turned off our <laughs> GPS and uh, there's a real purity to not knowing sometimes. And it made us more connected and it made us more aware and present to the surroundings, which included, as it turns out, these like really... <laughs> Not always that bizarre. The signs, like, for example, we found one for, like, piglets for sale uh, on the side of the road. And we looked at each other and, like, piglets are in this big farm, sprawling farmhouse. And we said, uh, should we, are we, should we go? Should we go? And we're like, well, yeah. We just kept, like, going. And it, we met this, the most beautiful. Pig. Uh, pigs. <laughs> well, we did meet the pigs, several pigs. I like that. You just followed the things that you saw. Yes. I always want signs. On the freeway, whenever it's like, you know, put your seatbelt on. I'm always hoping that it's secretly going to say, you know, sell everything and buy a boat. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I know. Very specific to you. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, like Miss I'm Driver. The only person in the fucking world. <laughs> yes. Well, yours could be. It could be like, driver, beware, you know. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> what is the quality you least like about yourself? There are several. <laughs> I'm trying to pick just one. <laughs> I am, well, I'm quite scattered. I'm quite, um, I guess the easy clinical way out would be to say I'm ADD. Maybe listeners can t tell already that I'm, it's hard for me to focus in, in work. That can be a problem, obviously. Although weirdly, when I'm, when I have it, that's, this is why I love to mow the lawn or I love tasks like that. I love like manual labor Tap because there's a clarity to it. There's a, a clear agenda, you know. I, I find comfort in that, knowing that, okay, this amount of grass needs to be cut, and this is how you cut it. And I don't, there's something very satisfying about that. I couldn't agree more. I think it makes you feel safe as well, because it's somehow there are boundaries created around time. Mm, mm -hmm. So you know that for this period, you know exactly what you're doing. It's why like being an actor is just such a monstrous free fall. Really, you don't know where the next job is coming from. I mean, unless you're one of, you know, sort of a handful of actors. <laughs> right. Maybe you're in that handful. I, I, I'm certainly not. <laughs> no, no. I, I know exactly what you, you know mean. You know what I mean? Uh, so, but I, I totally understand why knowing I am going to mow the lawn now is both satisfying and safe feeling. In fact, I heard Julia Roberts say once on a radio show or something, she said the best time for an actor is the time between when you know you've got a job and the time that job starts. Oh, that's, that's I great. I could true. not agree more where you're just, you're finally oh. not worried and you're excited and yes. happy. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's a security, your feet are planted. It's definitive. There's something definitive. Yeah, exactly. yeah totally. Hey, 
everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here... We have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. What relationship, real or fictionalized, defines love for you? First of all, at the heart of every great relationship, I think, is just a real sense of enjoyment. There's, you really fucking just like being around somebody. And there's a mutual curiosity about one another. You know, I think that's, that's something that I only recently came to appreciate, um, how, how much you want to know things about, about a person. It's usually in movies, sadly. I mean, I don't know what that says about the relationships I've had, but, you know, I have like wonderful brothers and, and parents. But it's, it's in the movies where this is, I think, one of the reasons I love movies where, um, you know, you get to, you get to witness, I, I, this is going to sound very pretentious, but I think of like the platonic forms, you know, <laughs> like there's a form of relationship that is perfect. And we're all aspiring to that form. Every relationship aspires to that enough. And, and only in movies can it really be perfect because it, it ends. It's so true. I mean, the aspiration to be perfect here is mired by compromise but in the in the films Mm -hmm. (laughs) i was too jealous of madeline stowe to really embrace her in the last of the mohicans but like for me the the way that dan day lewis talks to her (laughs) under the waterfall i will find you no matter what happens stay Stay alive alive. i just how i mean i'm sure she's a very nice person but oh my god that should have been me uh uh, (laughs) (laughs) i think that about daniel day lewis (laughs) I, that should have been me. That was my part. It should have been you but and me under the waterfall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. People would be so mad. God, that might be, when it comes to, like, romance and, and relationship, that might be the perfect scene. There's there's a desperation. Yes, to end up in the woods with the person who was the last of his kind. Are you joking? Uh, and make little babies all day and, like, hunt. <laughs> Sign me up. The stakes couldn't be higher. Stakes couldn't be yeah. higher. I mean, not not to compare myself to that scene or the, but I I I said that recently to someone like I need you to and it was mutual I hope that, but the, the idea that like don't just be I mean we say it all the time to loved ones like be safe yeah uh, st- but it's that it's that not as heightened but he says the word occurred no matter what stay alive no matter what occurs exactly you know stay just, alive no matter what I will occurs. find you I will yeah. find you oh my god but I just like don't oh die god. like stay here you know that's uh, Really beautiful. I know. Be here. Don't go. In your life, can you tell me about something that grew out of a personal disaster? Yes. I had a had an experience where I was um, kidnapped, held against my will, and I, I had smoked what I thought was weed. It turned out to be something else, something uh, really um, debilitating and uh, scary. It was scary. And I, I, I jumped out of a car to get away, and I was like run over it. You jumped out of the car to get away. Like, first of all, good job being super high, being able to jump out of the car. But then did you – also that, that, that you managed to unlock the door and get out, and then you got hit by another car when you jumped out. No, no, no. Because what happens when you jump out of a car, it, was, it, was, it wasn't going – it wasn't speeding down high. It was going like 30, 25, 30 miles an hour around streets. It was 3 in the morning, so there weren't – really cars, but I saw headlights coming and I, I, <gasps> yeah, I opened the door uh, and I, ju- and I, and when you jump out of a car, for those of the few of you who haven't done it, you don't land on your feet, you know, unless you're 
like Spider-Man, I've rolled and one of the wheels rolled over my leg. And so I, I really, <gasps> I mean, obviously fucked up my leg, but, but I was able to move. I was able to get up on it. I didn't, nothing broke and which is miraculous. The doctor the next day was like, well, it's probably because you bought, you were so messed up. You know, your body's not t- tight. Um, Whatever. This, so this experience happened, very frightening thing. But out of that, I thought about it often, and obviously it, it affected me. And here I am 14 years later talking about it. But it helped me appreciate boundaries and the way I moved through the world. I was very trusting of people, which is not to say I'm jaded and cynical now, but I, I think it just it gave me a, an appreciation for boundaries and protecting my own time and space. And I had a, a tremendous amount of guilt. I, I have a lot of guilt about things, and I'm, I think I waste a lot of time. Why do you feel guilty, though? I did it out of guilt. It was the guys, this is part of the long story, but, but the guys that wanted me to smoke, they had approached me at a bar. I had been there at the bar a couple nights earlier with a friend, and I, I have to tell him his name. This is name dropping, but I have to say it was, it was Steve Buscemi, and only because... Steve gets so much attention, you know, from people that they had to kind of put us in a back room. Yeah. And because he's so recognizable. And so we we were like kind of in this room off to the side. And it was like a it was just a like a pubby type place, Irish pub. And a couple of days later, I was back at the bar and these two guys, locals, approached me and said, The fuck, man, you said you wanted weed and when we came back to get it, like you were in some ooh, some like VIP area, some really we couldn't and we went all the way to get it. And I said, you know, and I oh I'm so sorry. And I bought them shots, you know, like to make up for it. And throughout the night they'd come over to me and, and my the friends I was with and they would Oh, this this Hollywood guy. He's a Hollywood guy, and they and and my thing at that point was like, I just want everything to be normal. I just want, and that led to them being like, "Well, you're not going to smoke with us." Oh my <laughs> good know. god! Oh yeah, yeah, I'll have some. Oh yeah, I'll t- yeah. I just love you're just so sweet. Like you know, oh, you're not going to smoke with us. Oh no, sure, I don't want to offend you. So you know, you're smoking. They're like weird ketamine, like crystal weird. It was PCPs, I think, but they took me to their apartment. We were all going to go to a casino. I mean, I got wrapped up in these guys. And look, I'm not blaming, it's not on them. You know, I have agency and, but so much of what compelled me in that, in that night, that kind of like scary night was, was guilt, wanting to please. And it's ego. I mean, it really is ego. Wanting to be liked. I I know it. Wanting to be liked. Yeah. Yeah. I think so many women that I know would understand that the conversations that we've had about the things that you do just because you don't want people to not like you. We've all been called, oh, she's such a bitch, so much when you don't do the thing that people want you to do, that it becomes so tiresome and so toxic that you just end up doing the thing that you don't want to do just to feel like you're not being bad. It's, It's awful. It's a fragile part of being human, though. It really is. I know. It's something I want to work on. I have a friend who's so good at it, so honest and and knows how to and is not as concerned with what people think. Love, I'm so glad you didn't end up as somebody's coat. <laughs> I know. Oh, I'd be a terrible coat. I mean, I'm glad for them too. <laughs> I wouldn't make a good coat. <laughs> okay, so what question would you most like answered? What? Yeah, duh. I mean, like, what happens afterwards? I think that's the easy one for me. What happens to us? <laughs> what do you think happens? I changes all the time. Depending on what? Depending on people I've lost and things that I've experienced, any sort of mystical moments I've had. 
I'll go from full doubt to skeptical to, to I believe in something, to something very concrete, you know, I, but I don't know, because I, I grew up Catholic. And the, the one comforting thing about that was, you know, there was a structure to it in terms of the afterlife. There was a heaven and a, and a hell. And I remember believing in a purgatory. That to me was the clear structure. It was like this, the three levels, you know, and St. Peter was at the gates. I mean, I believed all that stuff. And, um, you know, over the years and as you discover things, that changes. There's certain things that like make me feel it's just so different about existence and the existence of aliens, for example. I mean, I don't know how Christians and, and religious people will, will reconcile that. How does extreme, extreme religion make room for aliens? Do you think that what we come from, where we come from, is where we're going, pre-birth and post-life? I am probably the, the least qualified, but I... I you're qualified because you're alive. It, right. But that's the thing about being alive. And God, I love watching uh, nature programs. I love watching anything about animals. And, and I think there's, some, there's such a harshness, there's such a harsh reality when you watch those things. I always think of, there's that Tennyson, nature is red in tooth and claw. And, mm. and I was watching this show about the Galapagos and, um, and they were talking about one of those kind of sea coastal birds. It was the most savage thing I think I'd ever seen. Uh, where, where the mother lays two eggs, and when they hatch, the lesser of the two, one of them gets pushed out. Oh, God. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm... That, this must be a real bummer for... If anyone's still listening, uh, this <laughs> is a real bummer. But it, but it struck me. I mean, it, it was like... That's why I say it's fluid, the way I think about this, because like I can't reconcile there being a God, you know, when... when I watch things like that, the, the harshness of that, and, and that maybe that's just what existence is. There's a weird beauty in it, in the death. There is this Wordsworth quote. It's my favorite quote on nature. Nature never did betray the heart that loved her. Oh, wow. And I don't know, getting pushed out of a nest, like that sure feels like a bit of a betrayal to me. It does, it does. But we also remember, we put a lot of this human emotion we attach that to these things that happen in nature. Whereas I think I do believe in God, but I just don't think he, she, it. I think it's energetic and it just set in motion this kind of experiment. And you don't interfere with experiments, you know. When I, I've been out in the field and wanted to interfere in situations with animals, like to save an animal but that you know is about to be yeah, attacked. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, no, 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 you have to let that happen. And you can't save the dying animal. You have to let it be part of the chain. My dad is a philosophy professor, medieval philosophy, and, and a lot of that is really obviously outdated now. But I, I loved Aquinas's view. He believed in, I think he called it the teleological argument for the existence of God, which is that the design of everything, the design of this world is so perfect that, that it, it had to have been... It had to have been created by something. It had to have had a hand of... Yeah. And I think that sometimes in nature, I... Yeah. I agree. It's definitely where I feel most alive and most connected and most understanding of this journey that we, we don't know why it starts. We don't know why it ends or, or like what if there's a point to it. But I do know that when I'm in yeah. nature, it makes complete sense of it. And it's like, oh, I'm, I'm here and I'm part of this. Yes, yes. Well, you're talking about ego. I think mm -hmm. that's is what fells us is our idea that it's meant mm -hmm. to be more important. You know, it's, it's like when, like human beings, I, I think I said this the other day to someone on this show, but I, I, it bears repeating. You know how when people talk about being reincarnated and like no one's ever like, you know, a, a, like no one's ever a, like a mute servant 
that they're the, <laughs> they're the pharaoh. <laughs> you know, I was uh, a handmaiden yes. to the queen. Well, I don't think so. I think maybe you were like <laughs> right. a lizard in Egypt. Like why, you know, the, it, we know how arrogant we aggrandize the whole experience because I think we, that's part of our trying to make sense of it. We have to give it airs and graces. Otherwise, what are we tethered to? And the only thing I've ever felt tethered to apart from the people that brought me into this world is nature. I understand my position in this world when I'm in the ocean. I understand it when I'm walking through fields or in a river. Right. It's the arrogance. Well, that's the fear. That's, I think, where a lot of my fear of death comes from because I'm holding on to ego. It's the, uh, I, can't, I can't leave. I mean, the, mm. to its extreme, it is this. It is, I, I'm the center of the world. The world exists because of me. I am, my existence is everything. Well, you are the center of your world. You are. You are the force at the center of your experience. But the goal is to be mindful to the point where you're, you're I guess, just separating ego. And I think that's maybe what happens if we're in nature. Mm. We're having those experiences in nature is, is that we have an understanding that we're part of something much bigger. Yeah. I, I hope that that is dying, is death. I hope that that is feeling the feeling that one feels when one is part of something that is so clearly energetic and evolving and beautiful and joyful. Right. And I hope there's a comfort in that. I, that's that's the, the other fear of death is that I'll fight it. Oh God! There's a, there's a beautiful scene in Saving Private Ryan where he, a Adam Goldberg, is being stabbed. Spoiler alert! <laughs> Spoiler alert! I, I I think about that a lot because the the person doing it, the soldier, I think to the German soldier, is almost like rocking him. To, is is there's it's tender. Oh my God! And and there's guilt and there's sadness from the person doing the killing. There's something so like profound about that scene. He's like lulling him to sleep. He's trying to comfort him as he's killing him. That's fucking. That's deep. Really uh, deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so deep. Uh, so fucking deep, <laughs> that is bro. So fu but by the way, it is. I don't know. I think watching my mother die, it wasn't frightening. It was like, it really was like watching someone being born into something else. Mm. I keep thinking about it. And I, I do know for sure that that is not me trying to qualify her being gone. I do know that that was the deep, profound instinct that I think is connected to all the stuff that isn't human. It was a knowing. Mm. It was an absolute knowing that this was, this was the ending of something and the beginning of something else. And it felt deeply that way, not consciously. It's really beautiful. Man. Thanks, babe. started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels 
a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here... We have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. So last question, my friend. Okay. So what would be your last meal? Oh boy, I like this one. This is this is fun. Except for the, the last part. What dessert? Oh no, that you're. No, no, oh, I'm I saying see like, that it's your last meal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's is it like an execution situation? Well, here's the thing. I mean, I feel like that's up to you. That's what most people think of. But maybe it's you know you're in your dotage, and maybe it's like whatever delicious food you want, it just has to be pureed because you know you got no teeth. <laughs> <laughs> well, um. 
Because it could be your last meal, like before you get on a spaceship to move to, you know, the, the new colony on Mars. Okay, I, li- I like that context better. But I was talking to um, Darius Rucker, who is uh, Hootie from Hootie and the Blowfish, and he's so lovely. I hung out with him one time. He's awesome. He really is a genuinely down to earth, awesome hang. He really is. Oh, truly. Yeah. And so he said, I, I, we were talking about uh, not last meals, but just whether or not he's had blowfish. <laughs> I thought it was poisonous. Well, it is. It is. But it, I, I forget the percentage, but like 10%, maybe less. But it's, so it's a real risk to eat it. It really would be your last meal, wouldn't it? If you ate that. <laughs> that's what Darius. That's what Darius said. He said. We were joking about that. I said, you know, I said, Darius, you should wait for your last meal to have it to like, you know, and just to, to try it. <laughs> Roll the dice because at that point, like, whatever. If, if you got a bad piece. Roll the dice, Darius. Also, in terms of like final moments, final things and like funny reminder of your existence. It'd be so fucking ironic if Hootie from Hootie and the Blowfish died from eating blowfish. It'd be amazing. It'd, it'd be such like a gift to the world. You know? And he laughed. He was like, oh, my God. He did. I bet he did. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'd like to try Blowfish. And I'd like to, if, I, if it's a bad piece and I'm dying, I'd like to blame it on Hootie. And I, that has my last words because I think about last words often, too. Like, what are your last words going to be? Uh, you know, if God forbid a meteor, like something just out of nowhere, you get hit by a bus after you've said something really like stupid. Like, <laughs> oh, you know what? I... I used to like spearmint gum the best, but I think cinnamon might be better. And then just like, like done. And then someone would have to, whoever you were with would have to tell your loved ones. And you know, they're grieving loved ones by that. What what was the last thing he said? And it was like, uh, you know, and it was something fucking mundane, like really dumb and innocuous. Like, I I wish they would remake ALF, you know, (laughs) which I do actually. I wish they would remake ALF. I've had too much coffee. I'm sorry, Minnie. Um, my, my last meal, uh, you know what it would be? It'd be? It would be soup dumplings. They're called Xiaolong Baos. Uh, soup dumplings from my favorite dumpling place, which is in New York. It's an excellent dumpling house. What else? And then maybe some kind of like, oh, a Carvel ice cream. <gasps> fudgy the whale. Not fudgy the whale. No? Oh, my God. I'm, no, <sighs> no, because there's too much fudge and other. I would want like a, like a more pure. I used to work at Carvel, so I know what they have. There. You know the dip, the ice, the cone where they dip and it hardens? Yeah. Um, I used to make a thing where where... I would, uh, it was just vanilla ice cream and I would take some of that dip and sprinkle it in with almonds and like mix it so that when it hardened, it was just like flaky layers of chocolate of, oh with the God. almonds and stuff. It was so fucking good. And it, it, like I haven't had it since I was, you know, a teenager and it was such a great summer. And so it would remind me of a time, which might not be smart to, to you know, remember a, a good time in your existence right before it's over. But that's what I would do, I think. Good memories. And oh, and my and my mother's spaghetti and meatballs I, I would have. So it would be a big meal. It would be hearty. I'd also feel like gross. And I'd be like, well, maybe it's, t- it's time to go now. It's, it's put me out of my misery. It's funny. We talked about that before, about not wanting to remember how beautiful your life was at the end. Because I guess mm. the thought that it would make you so sad and unable to let go. But... I, d- mm. I don't I don't agree. I don't agree because I think that looking back at that grace and that beauty and being in that place when you die, I think it must be some kind of like happy trampoline that vaults you into the next adventure as opposed to something that tethers you and keeps you here and makes you sad. 
I hope so. That's a nice, much nicer thought. <laughs> well, you yeah. can have it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. I'm taking it. I'm taking your positivity. So your last meal, blowfish, dumplings, <laughs> spaghetti yeah. meatballs, ice cream. I like that last meal. That's uh-huh. good. I'll I'll have that with you. By the way, I hope Carvel I hope Carvel gives me some sort of gift certificate for this free all the advertising. This is a By nice the way, plan for them. By the way, when you come to England, I strongly suggest that you buy a frozen dessert from any supermarket called a Vianetta. And it's going to... A Vianetta. It's going to speak to what you just described. Okay. All right. And you're trying to get some free Avianetta products, I see. Very shrewd, Minnie. Yeah. Very shrewd indeed. (laughs) And I simply cannot thank you enough because you're you're so funny and you do run so deep. It's lovely, and I'm very grateful that you came on the show. I love doing this, Minnie. I, I'm so glad you're doing this too. Uh, not to sound condescending, oh, but like thank you. I, I don't, no, I, thank I, I, you. I know how enriching it can be. Yeah, you're so good at it. Well, back at you. Thank you, love. Life is short with Justin Long is out on Wondering, and I will be on the show July the twentieth. Justin also co-wrote and directed Lady of the Manor with his brother Christian, and that will be out on September the 17th. Mini Questions is hosted and written by me, Mini Driver. Supervising producer, Aaron Kaufman. Producer, Morgan Lavoie. Research assistant, Marissa Brown. Original music, Sorry Baby, by Mini Driver. Additional music by Aaron Kaufman. Executive produced by me, Minnie Driver. Special thanks to Jim Nicolay, Will Pearson, Addison O'Day, Lisa Castella and Anique Oppenheim at WKPR, Dela Pescador, Kate Driver and Jason Weinberg, and for constantly solicited tech support, Henry Driver. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people 
it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.